This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm joined by Congressman Thomas Massey, hashtag sassy with Massey, uh, from the great state of Kentucky. And before coming to Congress, when he was in school, he invented a technology that enabled people to interact with computers using their sense of touch. That's pretty cool, dude. I love that. Well, I started out in virtual reality and artificial intelligence, and now in Congress, I'm dealing with virtual reality and artificial <laughs> intelligence again. Artificial intelligence yes. is accurate. Um, of course, he, after that, he, he leveraged that technology to uh, found Sensible Technologies, Inc., which raised over $32 million of venture capital. Were you on Shark Tank? I was not, okay. but, but the equivalent of it. Yeah. I did the road show and, and talked to investors and tried to raise money. We raised uh, $32 wow. million. That's pretty, pretty sweet. You created 70 jobs and obtained 29 patents. He's then served as judge executive of Lewis County, Kentucky, before joining the U.S. House of Representatives in 2012. Um, I'm honored to serve alongside him on the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee, and I want to thank you for joining me. But first, I have to ask you, have you ever read the, um, uh, which bill was it? The, um, uh, oh shoot. The Green New Deal? The Green New Deal, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've read that. Have you? Have you read it? No. You should read it. It's 14 pages long. You know, this stuff up here, 1,600 pages. We're, we're gonna, we got this giant omnibus that's, I don't even know how many pages, but it was 14 pages long. And when I got done reading it, I realized why well, it's only 14 pages. Why is that? There's only 64 crayons in that big box. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I am uh, the greenest member of Congress. You can fact check me on this. Yeah. Live off the grid, uh, have lived off the grid for. 18 years, roughly, 16 years, uh, all on solar power, drive a Tesla, and eat, an F-250. But Eat chickens. I raised my own beef, raised my own chicken, raised yep. peaches, apples, all as green as possible. They're grass-fed and organic and all that stuff. Not 100% organic, because some of that's a joke, but. Yeah, well, I mean, organic, they say no chemicals, but, you know, everything's derived of chemicals, I assume. Yes. So, anyway, uh, you were very outspoken about the importance of liberty. Of course, that buzzing in the background, just ignore it. <laughs> it means that something sinister is about to yeah, happen on means, the floor of the House right now. It means your tax dollars are getting ready to be diminished. <laughs> and we should is what go there immediately <laughs> and object <laughs> to any bipartisan measure that's on the floor. 100%. <laughs> now, of course, you've been outspoken about the importance of liberty in the United States, and what does true <laughs> liberty look like to you, Thomas? Uh, well, it, the closer we could get to the Founders' vision, the better off we would be. And uh, we've strayed so far from it. Liberty would be empowering the states to make all these decisions that we've now <clears throat> taken upon ourselves at the federal level. Right. And uh, it would mean a federal government that's about a tenth of the size it is right now. Uh, and a, a U.S. code that's about a thousandth of the size it is right now. 
And the, you know, you served in the state legislature, didn't you? Absolutely, 16 years. I call that the little swamp, the, the juvie. It's where, where all the bad ideas are incubated. They're incubators of bad ideas that are brought up here to the federal government. And we pick and choose the, the worst of the ideas and promote them here. Kind of the opposite of what the founders intended. But yeah. uh, true liberty would be less government and less money being taken away from you. That's pretty good. Well, what are your thoughts on how this, this administration, specifically, I guess, the Biden administration, um, seems to treat Americans' liberty? Uh, well, I haven't seen any administration that's very good on it, because regardless of who gets elected to president, you and I both know 99.9% .9 of all the people who work in federal government stay in federal government. And just like we saw at Twitter. It's like people in prison. They get out 95% or... Recidivism, out. yeah. yeah. We've got a lot of recidivism here. People just stay in these jobs regardless who the president is. And as we saw at Twitter, you know, 98, 99% of the Twitter donations from their employees went to uh, Democrats. Yeah. And you can't have an unbiased Twitter with that many people in it, we get the same thing in Washington, D.C., something like 96% of all donations between... Uh, Hillary and Trump from, you know, from the, went to Hillary from federal employees here in D.C. Right. Anytime a college campus tells you they're, uh, they're diverse, ask them how many Republicans are teaching in their sociology department. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know I'm a, a political science denier. I'm not. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, it is not a science. I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate pursuit, I suppose. But if it were a science, you would be able to predict outcomes based on facts. And uh, unless they're dealing in chaos theory, political science is not a science. Uh, John Kerry once came to try and lecture us in the Oversight Committee on Global Warming, but he has a political science degree. And I pointed out he has a pseudoscience degree, and he did, he did not like that very much. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> that ego was a little much. So, so the trampling uh, on our rights, it really... It's the bureaucrats, I think, who do it. And when you have too many executive orders and too many things left up to the bureaucrats, just like at Twitter, you know, you're going to have bad outcomes. The, the, the administration, and some of this was under Trump, has been uh, chastised by the Supreme Court for exceeding their constitutional authority several times over COVID, for instance. Like, they tried to... Uh, override state laws on rental contracts, right? right? The CDC did on the you know, rent moratorium or whatever. And that got struck down by the federal court. That started under Trump and it was pursued under Biden. Their mask mandate, that was the CDC tried to do that. That got struck down. Right. Uh, believe it or not, Biden is still in court fighting that to try and get masks back on airplanes. I don't think he is. I don't think he knows that it's <laughs> He doesn't, probably does not know uh, what he had for breakfast, but much less where that case is, but he's still pursuing that case. Anyways, uh, tons of, tons of uh, extreme examples. The ATF is legislating. They've banned bump stocks. And by the way, that happened under Trump. Now they've banned the pistol braces. That happened under Biden. Congress didn't weigh in on any of that. Uh, that's, what, that's the problem that you have. Whenever you let the executive branch legislate, 
that's where your liberty dies. I agree with you. Tell us about the Prime Act. Prime Act. I'm okay. on that bill. I know it's near and dear to your heart. And it's actually to all our farmers and people that actually buy meat. I think uh, they ought to they ought to be really interested in it. Yeah, Tennessee has the highest concentration of any state of co-sponsors on the Prime Act for for me. And I think that's cuz your state senator Frank Nicely is a big food freedom advocate, but for instance Senator Marsha Blackburn is on this and yep. you're on this and several other representatives from Tennessee. I introduced this bill in 2015 and and State Senator Frank nicely helped me write it in 2015 when they repealed country of origin labeling for beef and pork. Congress right. repealed that, which I thought was bad. I saw it was going to be bad news for, for cattlemen. And uh, we got this problem in the United States where 85% of the meat processed is processed by one of four meat packers. One is completely owned by China, and the other is completely owned by Brazil. Brazil. Yep. And this, is, this creates a food insecurity in our country, which we saw in COVID. You had farmers had to euthanize hogs, uh, and they were also- Thousands and thousands of hogs. Yes, put them into wood chippers, like the craziest thing you could imagine, yeah. because the processing failed us. Right. And what the, the answer to this is to re-empower the small local processor. So what the Prime Act says is if the farmer is in Tennessee, and the, and the processor is in Tennessee, and the person purchasing the meat that comes from that farmer is in Tennessee, as long as you haven't crossed state lines, the federal government needs to stay out of that transaction. And uh, people in Tennessee, as long as they're in compliance with Tennessee law, don't need the USDA, call them the US duh, duh. the US duh and the F duh, the FDA, don't need to be on your farm or in your processing facility or in your grocery store or at your farmer's market as long as that's an intrastate transaction. And that goes for any state in the United States. I think it bring a lot of uh, prosperity and, and, and ba basically break up this monopoly at the federal level uh, without using subsidies. There are some people who say, oh, we need to subsidize the farmer. Well, Take your foot off his throat, throat yeah, first no. before you dump some subsidies so, on him. So now, if you have a say a cow, I want to digress a little, digress, digress a little bit because grass fed. I got you. Um, if, if you're uh, you have cows, you need process. Uh, you have to, like in Tennessee, you might have to take them out of state yeah. because everything's shut down, and it can take months. You have to set it up months in advance. I mean, it's just. Totally ridiculous. The 3,000 counties in the United States, in most counties, it's illegal to raise a cow, butcher a cow, and sell it to somebody without leaving that county because most counties don't have a USDA-approved, USDA-approved right. inspected facility. And some of these bureaucrats that work for these departments, they're the worst. I had one go Ooh. in and tell some folks they had to have a... Um, a ladies' bathroom, and they said we don't have any ladies in here for the field workers. I mean, you know, it's just it was you just have to have a separate bathroom for the inspector. Yeah, a separate bathroom, a certain size floor drain, all the stuff that it's it's scale prejudicial. In other words, if you if you're a large facility with 500 yeah. employees and you're corporate, then it's nothing to have another bathroom. You got to have a certain number of bathrooms anyway. But when you've got eight people working there. One bathroom should be enough, but they're, so it's, these regulations are scale prejudicial. They put them in place to enable and protect the monopolies. So the Prime Act, 
would would empower local farmers. It's green. It is green. And these are put in place that what they do is they sell them to the American public as, oh, we're, this is for your safety. Yeah. But in reality, all it is is protecting the big business. Like when they said um, in Knoxville, I remember when they came in and shut down a bunch of mom and pop restaurants uh, because they had these, they didn't have the proper grease drains mm -hmm. in there. And so they had to spend $50,000, $50,000 to a mom and pop operation. They've shut down. But to like a McDonald's or a big food chain, it's another nickel on a on a cup of coffee. Yeah. And so, um, and they, but they're, they're, oh, look how green we are, look how green we are. And then they pass these sweeping legislation up here in D.C. or in Nashville, yeah. as a case in Tennessee. And then, you know, and it puts everybody out of business but the big boys. So that's basically what they've done. And, and Yes, and every E. coli recall on tainted meat has, has been from a USDA inspected facility to my knowledge, there's yeah. never been a recall <clears throat> or, uh, or any kind of prosecution yeah, from, or a local. from a local custom slaughterhouse because you can go in there. When you go visit one of these, you can walk in the back and see what they're doing. Right. You know the people that work there. Their, their kids go to the same school your kids go to. Yeah. They have no interest in cutting corners or, or cheating because they know... If they did, they'd make somebody sick. They know, and they, there's accountability. Some people say, "Oh, Congressman Massey, you put the, the farmers will now be liable if somebody gets hurt." That's the whole point, and most farmers will sign up for that. Yep, you know, because they're proud of what they make. I was talking to some people who are looking to get in this business, uh, the meat processing, and and their out-of-pocket expense before they process a single cow or pig was around three million dollars. Yeah. With all these stupid regulations in there. It's just ridiculous. And it then, is ridiculous. Then after they spend the three million and they're successful because it's a license to print money if you can get if you through can this. Get it, if you can get it. Then they take off their successful and guess who comes in? One of the big four packers and buys them. Or puts a plant right next to them. And puts them out of business. Puts them out of business and then uh, And they're not and they're not American owned. Right, and they're not taking local uh, animals either. You have no. to be under some kind of contract. It's it's a travesty what's happening, and this would be the biggest thing we could get, for instance, in the Farm Bill, if we could get the Prime Act. By the way, it's got, uh, thank you for being a sponsor, one of the first sponsors on this bill when you got to Congress. Thanks, Greg. There's uh, about 50 sponsors in the House. We've got Democrats on this bill and Republicans. I went to the Senate looking for somebody to introduce the bill there, and of course my Senator Rand Paul said he would do it, but I said, Rand, you don't have the right name for this bill. He said, what do you mean? I said, there's another senator I would like to introduce this bill, then you can be the second one on it. He said, who's that? I said, Angus King <laughs> needs to sponsor the Prime Act. And sure enough, Angus King, is. you can go look this on congress.gov, he is the first sponsor of the Prime Act in the Senate. And as, then Rand Paul is the as well. He should be. Yes, he should. he should be. Elon Musk said something a few a little bit back, and I thought about you. He said patents are for the weak. He said they're <laughs> like using landmines and warfare. They don't actually help advance things. They just stop others from following you. Um, what do you think about that, Thomas? I know you have well, several patents. Well, there's there's a little bit of truth. But what happens when we get rid of patents? Well, okay. Here's here's the thing. Guess who doesn't like patents? Apple, Google, Microsoft, anybody who is big and can throw their weight around and go to a trade show 
and see a good idea and rip it off before the little guy can get it to market. Right. Those are the folks who hate patents. The patents are for uh, when there's a negotiation and you've got a gorilla, one of these big tech companies, negotiating with a banana, which would be a garage inventor like yep. you or me, the, the patent protects the little guy. So for the richest man in the world to say he doesn't need patents, and by the way, I've got a lot of respect for him. And what I drive, I've got own a Tesla. Tesla. I'm on sure. Starlink. Uh, you know, I've taken. I'm not sure what that is, but I assume it's something high tech. It's going to it's going to double real estate value in the United States. It's going to change migration patterns, and it already has internal to the United States, because it allows it, and it, and it's going to show most of these rural internet initiatives to be boondoggles here in the next year, because Elon, with this hundreds of satellites in space is able to deliver high bandwidth, low latency. Did I not see that in a movie with Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, something Dine, what's the, Cyberdyne? Yeah, Cyberdyne, yeah, I think that was it. Uh, uh, Starlink was their thing too, so. Um, anyways, uh, all I'm saying is. It became self-aware. <laughs> if you're the big, if only Congress could get to that point. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're the big guy, you hate patents because it's what, when a little guy comes up with something, instead of ripping him off, you have to pay him some royalty to use his idea. Not forever, but for a limited period of time. And right. what this does is encourages little guys and their investors to invest in them. Right. Um, so, uh, by the way, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 8 of the U.S. Constitution says that it is our job to set up a patent system, patents and, and copyrights for authors and inventors in order to promote the useful arts and sciences. And the, the founding fathers, what was so profound about that idea, it, you know, patents existed before the United States, but the only way to get one was to be buddies with the king right. or one of the lords. And they would, oh, okay, I'll give you an exclusive right. What, what they did was to democratize invention in this country by giving any, you, you could be a dirt poor farmer and invent something that was going to save, you know, years and years of effort for everybody across the United States and, um, and, and get a patent. That was revolutionary. And then when, you're, when your patent expires, everybody can use the idea. It's, it's one of the smartest things the founders did was to put that in the Constitution. Well, so if we get rid of patents, it's just going to be the big boys will own us. Yeah, you could, you could, uh, China in, included. You could come up with a great idea, but uh, Walmart goes to China and has that idea on their shelves before yeah. you can even make the Got second. The slave labor. Those poor Uyghurs are cranking out stuff, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, before you can make the second model of it, Walmart will be selling it on their shelves, and it happens all the time. The only thing protects the little inventors' patents, and they're trying mm -hmm. to ruin them up here. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, on the subject of China, China is actually copying our patent system, but they're not copying the one we have now. They're copying the one we had 50 years ago when it worked. And when you got a patent, it meant something. Now, with recent changes in legislation, you get a patent and the government may take it away from you the, a year or two after they give it to you because some corporation challenges you in this tribunal they've set up. Okay. Anyways, need need strong patents. Well, let me ask you about the um, 
your goals in the 118th Congress outside of the Prime Act, of course. Do you have any other goals? <sighs> so many goals, so little time. If we could, if we could just cut one percent of you know the penny plan, just on discretionary spending. I'm not. I'm not even talking about Social Security and Medicare. I am talking about just, for instance, the money to Ukraine. Uh, well, it started out forty billion, and then it went sixty billion, and now who knows? I, mean, I got fact checked. I tweeted. Oh, by the way, when the fact checkers find out you're tri you're right, they just drop the fact check, and yeah, it never gets published. Never gets published. Yeah. But so I record my phone calls uh, with the fact checkers. So when they do that, I've got the goods to show they were duplicitous. But I had one fact checker from Newsweek fact check a tweet. I said, we have, by the way, this was months ago. I said, we've spent more on Ukraine than we, than we do on roads and bridges in the United States in a year. And he fact checked me, and I gave him all the facts from the Biden administration. I gave him links to the DOT, <laughs> Biden's DOT and, and all that stuff. And uh, he, was, he was a little bit frustrated with me. And I said, you better publish this fact check pretty soon. I said, because in a few months, I'm going to be able to say we've spent twice as much on Ukraine as we have on all roads and bridges. And guess what? We're almost to twice as much now. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be? I get, I'm afraid we're going to send the advisors over and we're just going to have our own little Vietnam. Oh, you, you know, the, the slow roll into the... If we're not already, is the question. We, we had people in Syria, you, you know, uh, when Congress failed to vote to go to war in Syria, that was also a proxy war with Russia. Right. Uh, where, you know, we funded. Now, once there was ISIS in there, like then, oh, then the money flowed and nobody complained uh, in the name of ISIS. But, you know, we created the vacuum where ISIS evolved in Iraq by hollowing out that country. Right. Uh, but anyways, I'm just saying we had secret programs, according to New York Times, not according to anything I've seen up here no. in a skiff, no, but according to New York Times, we had we spent over a billion dollars a year in, in Syria on a civil war there. Don't you think, though, that they'll call you into the skiff to brief you? And what the skiff is, folks, it's a room, a secure room. I forget what it t stands for. I'm sure it's secure or something. But it, um, when they don't want people talking about it, they'll brief you on an issue, even if it's just something, you know, this desk is yeah. wood and brown, then they brief you on that and you can't talk about it. I, th I think that it's a trap. Yeah, there's there's like three levels of classification in the skiff. It's, it's supposed to be like secret, top secret, you know, and yeah. then... <laughs> double secret. Double top secret. Double top secret. But I, I say when you go into Skiff, the three levels are Facebook, Google, and New York Times, yeah. with New York Times being the highest level of classification. In other words, everything they're telling you has already been printed in the New York Times. Yeah, I walked in there at my first meeting. I remember I came in late, and this older Democrat, I said, so let me get this straight. I said, so if I'm 15 minutes late, I could probably catch it on CNN in about a half hour. And he said, that's about right. You're not, by the way, you're not allowed to bring your phone into the yeah, skiff. Or but, your Apple Watch. Right. Uh, you're not allowed to take notes out, but I was in the, one of those classified meetings once, and a Democrat woman's purse started ringing. <laughs> and everybody looked at her, and she tried to ignore it like it wasn't her purse and it wasn't her phone in there. Yeah. And then finally, uh, some staff came over to her and, and had to let her know that, 
she had left her purse in there. So we're not dealing with the brightest bulbs on the tree up here with the classified information. Sometimes they may be justified in, in keeping those classifications at a, at a uh, Facebook, Google level, drudge level. Yeah. You, uh, you expect much of change with the Republicans in charge. <sighs> You know, I, what just, I, I just hope. That's all I do is hope, and I want to hold us, hold us accountable. Here's, here's what I want. Here's the most I could hope for is a better process. I know not all Republicans are conservative like you and I, but uh, we should at least have time to read the bills, and we, we should take the high road on this. Uh, I actually have rule changes to do just that, and I think uh, yep, you do too. I do too. I'm uh, meeting with them. Speaker McCarthy today, yes, yeah. today about it. Speaker so elect. Say, speaker elect. So. Um, so that's, you know, we should have time to read the bills. Honestly, they should be separate bills. Yeah. It's hard to impose that. Some state you legislatures know, have I, done it. We do it in Tennessee. Yeah. And I get, and, and they'll say, they'll come to me, Burchett, you know, if we do this, we'll be here all night. And I say, Dad Gummit, we're paid 170 yeah thousand dollars a year we ought to be here all night if right. that's what it takes all this three all, days a week yeah and, and i mean this deal we're <laughs> doing now we just we're in a break it's just we're just waiting on on the powers that be to sprinkle a little something down there on the floor up there on the house and we run up there and go vote you know like pavlov's dog or something and so i, I just get um we got time if they just if they just schedule in, in tennessee in the legislature it runs like a clock man uh the best it's the uh, we have zero debt and bills have to fit the caption of the bill, and there's a fiscal note that follows the bill all the way through if it costs a penny. Yeah. You know, and, and up here, that's just like, no, you can't do that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Time to read the bill, separate bills. Yeah. Uh, we should also have, the bill should go through committees. And well, the NDAA last week was, or was They brought them behind closed doors and yeah. bring it straight to the floor. Yeah, Fourth, over 4,000 pages. Because it's too important to let anybody offer an amendment. And if, that's up their little apple cart for what yeah, it is. Both the, sides. If the bills, yeah, it's a finally, I've had them tell me, you know, Congressman Massey, this is a finely balanced piece of legislation. <laughs> yeah. And we, we like your idea, but as soon as we put it in there, oh, psh, yeah. the bill falls apart. The bill falls apart. So uh, just cool your jets and uh, withdraw your amendment. And, and they and just, we'll agree to meet with you on it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. we'll meet yeah. with you yeah, on this idea. We think it's a great idea, and then it never makes it in. Um, that's what they do. We need to get back. They call it up here regular order, which means bring the bills through committee, allow members to offer amendments so that, okay, we understand you cooked this up behind closed doors, but give us one crack at it. Yeah. Either in a committee or on the floor. Give us a crack at it. And, and if we've got three days, by the way, I'm under no illusion that our colleagues, if you gave them a year, would read all the bills or that the, their staff would even read all the bills. But uh, I think the American people would like three days or, or a week or something to find out well, what's in it. People dig into them, sure. Yeah, the, the Command F uh, is what my staff uses to, to find, you put... Uh, guns, like, you know, when a 2,000-page bill comes out, we have to command F that sucker to find out, are they banning guns? Are they, what are they doing in here? Yeah, uh, and again, that's my bill dealing with captions. If it, if it specifically says it in the caption, then it contains it in the bill. It can't 
you can't have a dog catcher's bill having a pay raise. We're going to run out of time. Okay. So, but anyway, um, I, at this point, I guess, I, uh, do I have time for him to ask me a question? Ask me a question, anything you'd like to know. And, I, and it doesn't really matter because I will edit it out if I don't want to answer it. So go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, does your family watch this podcast? But I don't, I'm not going to use my wish on that. Uh, the serious question I have, uh, and I was also thinking about who, who's your favorite congressman, but I'm not going to put you on the spot in, uh, on that question. Well, I can't truthfully say he's in this room. Okay. Uh, how you doing over there? Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, the question I have is a serious one, and I ask uh, a lot of congressmen this. What's, your, what's the biggest difference between what you thought this was going to be when you ran for the job and what it is. I'm always asked that. I said, what's my biggest surprise up here? Yeah. My biggest surprise was that I was not surprised. I had no illusions that we were going to come up here and change the world. I, I knew that people would come up here well-intentioned and get bought out like that. I remember watching people walk on the House floor and all puffed up, and they were walking around the halls, and they had their posses with them. And I was sitting there, and some old-timers were sitting behind me when I used to sit down front pre-COVID. And uh, um, one of them said, Tim, how long have you been here? And I said, I said, a year. And they go, really? Because there's 435 of us. They go, wow, we thought you'd been here a lot longer. And I, and I, I took that. It's that, that southern a, accent. I, do what? It's the southern it's accent. It's the southern you accent. You sound like yeah. the old model. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> well, I said, I'll take that as a compliment. And they said, well, we meant it as one. Because these guys come up here, honestly, thinking they're going to get called by the president to negotiate a trade deal with North Korea. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with who's the best or who's the smartest. It's who, who kisses the most butt and who raises the most money for the, for the conference or the caucus. And both parties do it. It's not even a secret. They issue a bill on a piece of paper. I mean, it's, it's, it's common knowledge. And, and I've, I often said this. If, the, if, if Congress was the NFL, Peyton Manning would still be waiting to get in. Thomas, it's been a pleasure having you, brother. Hey. I appreciate you very much. Um, the state of Kentucky is lucky to have you, and I'm lucky to have you as a friend. And I really appreciate it. The first guys I hung out with when I got up here. And I want to thank you for being on another episode of Tennessee Talks. And I appreciate everybody for listening and watching. And thank you all for sending me here. Thanks to the millions of viewers out there watching me and Tim Birch at <laughs> talk, talk Shop here about what happens in the swamp. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.